Ignorant, we gon' bring that racket like it's Wimbledon. Discipline, but yet you find anyone equivalent. Ain't no podcast similar, now you won't find no synonyms. Be produced by Q Smith, sound like it's by Timberland. JB be in charge, EG set the bar. Be sipping water tree and Turk gon' lay the law. Jokes may go too far, but that's just who we are. Prolific, so gifted. Words that had your soul lifted. So consistent, yeah, so different. Ain't nobody copy that lane. Uh, carry that torch, heat up the game. Ain't nobody got that flame. Different, different. Man, this intro different. Man, this intro ignorant. God damn. <laughs>
it's becoming like Brady. Like you almost just don't want to bet against them. Like you just don't want to do it. Because if you would have told me in the beginning of the season they'd be in the Super Bowl right now, I'd have been like, nah. I, I would have. So. I would have told you what are you smoking? Um, the Scully, you, the, you know what I've been saying about Mahomes all year, even with their struggles. Yeah. I don't believe in them, but I've seen Mahomes pull too much shit out of his ass too many times to ever fully doubt him. I, I can't. But where, where are you standing on this? So if you told me at the beginning of the season that they would be in the Super Bowl again, I actually would have believed you. Now, if you'd have told me that at the end of the season, I'd have told you shut the hell up and go to hell. Just be quiet. They're going to be a first-round exit. Get out of my face. I'd, I'd have told you that at the end of the season. If you'd have told me that at the end of the season. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe they'll get there. Yeah. I'm like, did you not watch the same season we did? And then the playoffs start, and it's just like, you know what? They keep getting away with this. They just keep getting away with it. I Like, like Jamal, I had the Ravens winning. You know, I'm from – Maryland, so I was rooting for the Ravens hard. Went to school in Baltimore, so I was rooting for the Ravens. But this is Black History Month. So we have matter of fact, this this is where I'm standing on it, right? Y'all realize, and I told them all this already, y'all realize that in the month of Black History, we are one weekend away from a Black quarterback potentially winning three Super Bowls in five years. Three out of five. Three-fifths. Three-fifths of a human being. We, My fellow three-fifths brothers, we are on the verge of history. The script writers are cooking. They thought we wouldn't catch it. You got to keep your third eye open. You got to keep that third eye open. But I'm going with the Chiefs. I, I had the Niners at first, but I'm going with the Chiefs now because I just can't bet against the team. But uh, don't sleep on the Niners, though. That's all. I've been going back and forth. It's a lose-lose situation for you, boy. It truly is. If the Chiefs win, no one wants a team from their division to win the Super Bowl. Like, that's just – no one wants that. As Shit. A, as a sports fan, nobody wants that. I was rooting for the Eagles and the Giants against the Patriots. That's different. That's, that's yeah, different. That's, yeah, that's a little different. Yeah, I agree. Well, I wasn't rooting for the Eagles. I was actually rooting for the Giants. But either way, normally, most normal people don't want their division opponents. Yes. But on the other hand, my dad is the biggest 49er fan in the world. I can't give him that amount of satisfaction. That, that nigga must never know peace. I, <laughs> I will never know peace <laughs> if that happens. I, I, I can't. And, I've, and I've, I've been talking shit for like the last decade of who's the best team in California. Clearly, it is not mine. But I can't let him know that. I can't give him confirmation for I mean, that. Actually, actually, if we being real, oh, 49er. I, I was thinking Raiders. Never mind. I'm tripping. We're better than the Raiders. Give me that. Better than the Raiders. I was about to say, y'all better than the Raiders. But I thought uh, he's And not right now. Not right now, you're not. I mean, in the past decade, yeah, right now. Uh, as long as I have Justin Herbert and I can't tell you who their quarterback is, we're better. Yep. <laughs> That's what's wrong. See, that's what's wrong with teams today. You'd be paying all these quarterbacks $40 million and stuff, then you got the team like the Giants. I mean, who the hell else are you going to pay in LA? You going to pay Austin Eckler? He's going. <laughs> hey, you going to hey, pay hey, Mike Williams? Who you going to pay? Look, Mike Williams can't stay healthy. He made a wet paper. You, you going to pay him? Hey, no. all I'm saying is there's a quarterback in the Super Bowl right now, and I think that man is on a minimum. He can't even afford to get his people golf clubs. <laughs> this man still li- – oh, no, that's a different quarterback that lived with his parents. Never mind. Good. That, that's also a good question of what are we going to do about this damn salary cap? Because it, it's getting out of hand. Because every year the highest-paid quarterback is going to keep going up and up and up. I think Herbert is like 38% of our cap, 39, somewhere like that. I think Burrow is like – 40, 39 and a half percent Bengals cap. And it's only going to get worse to a certain point. They're like, damn, the whole team going to be on a minimum except for three dudes. But you know what else keeps going up to? The mm. cap. Not the enough. The cap. Actually, yeah, this year I think they said, they said this year it was under their projections. So, yeah, that bubble might burst eventually. 
the thing is the cap goes up by two, three mil every three, four years. But the money quarterbacks get go up and up shit every four months. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Some of these dudes keep restructuring their deals though. That's that's what's event that's what's gonna happen. Like Pat Mahomes restructured his, Josh Allen, I think, restructured his. At some point I feel like Joe Burrow might restructure his. Look, that's all Jeez. fine and dandy, but that just means the money the money's still gonna be paid. It just ain't paid right now. So it doesn't right. just put a band-aid on the issue. It ain't fixing the issue. And then if you're a team like the 49ers, it's like, bro, you paid everybody except the quarterback. You better win this year because you got yeah. IU coming up. And I don't know if IU's going to stay because I don't know if they can afford to pay him because you're paying Bosa, you're paying Hargraves, you're paying – you paid everybody because you could afford it because you didn't have to pay your quarterback and he's not eligible to get paid for two more years. <laughs> they finesse the system if they win it. Which is what the dream. The Seattle, the 2012 Seahawks was the NFL, was every NFL owner's dream to win and to win one Super Bowl and go to another one with a quarterback on a rookie deal and a bunch of players on minimum vet vet minimums. Like there was no max contracts on that team. Everybody got paid after the two Super Bowls. Yes, we say that, but how successful has that formula been? Where. They've been to two Super Bowls, this being the third, I believe. Third I Super think, Bowl. No, I no, they've only been the they've only when been they two. went when they went with Jimmy, he had already gotten paid. So, he was the highest paid quarterback. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo, who we is at best a C plus quarterback in this league. At absolute right. best. So fucking A plus point stars though. I, I'm saying this form this formula is good. But it's not good enough to get over the hump because it ain't won nothing yet. It's been the same. They don't chance. care about getting over the hump. These always care about keeping money. <laughs> they just pretend to care about getting over the hump. That that's a benefit because it means more money. <laughs> hey, look, you're not wrong, but like you said, winning solves all problems. It, it sure do. It sure do. And, and at, that's... A certain, at a certain point, if your model can't beat this model, we see what the superior model is. We yep. we'll, we'll go back to um the unnamed brand of soft drinks. Hey, is Pepsi big? Yeah. Is Pepsi important? Yes. Is Pepsi touching Coke majority of the time? No. It, no. It's not. Starry? They had to rebrand. What is Starry? <laughs> Starry? Starry Night is a painting by Van Gogh. I like it, but it ain't it ain't Sprite. Right. I don't drink Starry when I'm sick. Yeah. Right. My mama ain't, tell, ain't teach me that. I don't go and get McDonald's Starry. Yeah. Ain't <laughs> no Starry ain't had no classic green bottle. Right. Matter of fact, you should bring me my green bottle back, Desmond. I don't really have that power and authority, but I I can, you know, take it's it Black History Month. It's, it's Black, Black History Month. Yes, you do. Oh, yes, so I'm going to just step in there with the white man and say, hey, it's Black History Month. Make these green bottles. Yes. Because they pander during this month, so even if it's just for a month, we'll have the green bottle again. You're right. It'll it'll be a broke Black History Month for me, brother. Like, right. I can't. No, <laughs> no. That that's your reparation. <laughs> no, I got to get the money to give the back the community. You know what it what it has been stolen. You know. That's, that's true. That's, that's Here's true. the yeah. thing: we understand <laughs> you broke. To it. actually, you not broke. You 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 rich, rich. Honestly. Hey 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 hey. Let's keep that. For, for all discrepancy purposes. Okay, he's fiscally, not, he's fiscally responsible. Fiscally he's responsible. not rich, Rich. But let's just say if someone asks him to go to McDonald's, he'll say, nah, we can go to Chick-fil-A. Let's just, we're just going to say that. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say that. And he'll so let him get a large fry. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> we could get the green bottle back. You may not have it fiscally to give it back to the community, you can give us our green bottles back. I'll try. I'll work on it. I feel I'll like you have it. that power. Look, I'm... In, other, in other Super Bowl news, for those of you who've not heard, a player was attacked by a coyote. Um, what the hell, bro? That happened, but yeah. I still don't know. I still, like, I, I know I, I, I sent you that, but, like, I still don't know if it's accurate, though. Like, because they keep saying an NFL player. Like, we would know who it is. 
I mean, I did see it on ESPN the following day. I saw it was it on, on the McAfee show. That's not the I most did. credible. It's not, but that's exactly what the Pat McAfee show was made for, for events like that. So I can't mm-hmm. do that at this point. I'm just saying, as an employee of ESPN, I will tell you, because I'm not afraid to say it, that it's not a credible show. Yeah. It's <laughs> hey, look, is TMZ the hardest hitting journalism? No, but are they the ready when die. somebody They're dies? Always they always know when someone dies. So they are the they be right behind the bushes, looking in the window, waiting for that old old bitch. <laughs> they only got one wrong. They got they got Lil Wayne wrong. That's the only one I've seen them get wrong. And Bill Cosby. Yeah. Granted, Lil Wayne has some issues with lean back in the day. It felt like he could go any day. So he I was on his deathbed. Yeah, no, he damn near. He was. He was. He was. He. It was touch and go there. So I'm just saying. How would y'all deal with a coyote attack? Because um, that's it's not something most of us have ever dealt with. You asking me, y'all, y'all the ones in the open carry state. We shooting, we we shooting, shooting everything in sight. It's all getting shot. We shooting it all. It we gonna turn this. Pe- Never mind. I'm not gonna say that joke. I'm sorry. But no, no, we it's getting shot up. We shooting everything. It truly depends. One coyote is not a problem. What one coyote is kind of like it's just like any stray dog. It really don't want no smoke with you. Now. Matter of fact, we already know how to deal with a coyote. You know why? Roadrunner been teaching us for about fifty years how to deal with coyotes. We gonna ant, drop run, an anvil on? Run away? What you? Meet me? Yeah, we dropping the anvil on. You you saying that like that's weird? Drop an anvil? Why? What, what what's the problem? I'm sure we can find some anvils laying around because he always seemed to have them. So I, we got to go to his dealer. If we being real, Desmond, an anvil's not the weirdest thing you've ever seen somebody have on them on a moment in this state. Which is crazy. Uh, I think I've seen a crackhead once on a bicycle with a refrigerator on his back. I feel like crackheads don't count, though. Crackheads have superpowers. Like <laughs> the refrigerator on his back is crazy. Yes. That is insane. He was carrying. Just carrying this. Yo. Like, yo, what are we doing? What are, what are we doing? The the better question is, where were you going? Were you thinking was I going? And why were you going there? Both, oh. both of you. Where were both of you going? I was in South Dallas. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. I was I was picking up some food. And I was like, wow. That's great. He was too, apparently. He was going. <laughs> for for those of you who may not know, um, South Dallas is where the State Fair of Texas is, and that's where Texas and OU play every year. And I just feel sorry for the white people who have never been there before because, um, yeah, it's not a place they need to be. Yeah, don't go there, especially not at night. No, lock your doors. If you if you would like more evidence of this phenomenon, there is a song by. The Dallas Proverbs called Young of Young Nation called Triple D Fair Day. And that should tell you everything you need to know. I'll tell you everything you need to know. Anyway, to end this segment of Super Bowl news, we shooting coyotes, crackheads have super strength, and those two are picking the Chiefs, and I will never. I, I don't want my dad to see peace, but I also don't want to see Pat Mahomes be successful. His dad, I liked it. I like him. It's just regular East Texas nigga. I can't say I, I disapprove of anything he does. Smoking on that Joe Burrow. But I will say for the 49ers, I'm rooting specifically for two people. My boy Trent Williams, because he played in Washington for years and was a beast for years. It's a Hall of Fame left tackle. Swaggiest left tackle ever. He earned he he more than deserves a ring. And my fellow Maryland brother Chase Young, even though he'd been chirping right uh, with uh on the field, but I'm rooting for the two of them. Gotta have especially faith. Chase, because I don't know how much longer he's gonna be. Hey, if he want if he wanna be on a vet minimum, come on down to LA. We'll we'll treat you right because we need pass pressures. Oh if you ain't if you scared of your coach in the videos, <laughs> come to death row. <laughs> come to Anyway, we're moving on to y'all already know the this man has a death row hoodie on. I could not have planned. Yeah. Damn, I'm good. It's my job. Oh wow, so, I didn't even see that. Anyway, um, the Grammys were last week. 
I'm not going to pretend that I cared. I've never cared about the Grammys. It just happens. But I will ask this, fellas, what is an album that you think doesn't get the credit it deserves and people forgot about it? We'll start off with you, Captain Scully. Man, uh, where do I begin? It's just, it's a lot of them. Um, I think people have forgotten about there's a man named Bruno Mars who has never had a single bad album. Not really? one. Not 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 near one of his albums are bad. But arguably the best one is not even the one that blew up. Everybody thinks 24 Karat Magic was cool. That was a cool era. I love it for them. Whatever. But unorthodox, unorthodox jukebox. Unorthodox jukebox was fire. Was fire. That 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 album was incredible. For for those of you who don't know the un unorthodox jukes box, young girls, gorilla, treasure. When I was your man. Uh, what what else? Um, uh, locked out of heaven. Even though it was a little, <laughs> the Christian in me didn't want to like that one as much. But yeah, look. This is this is one of the albums where you learn Bruno nasty. Bruno is not wholesome music. That's that book of sugar talking. That's what that <laughs> see. They I don't know. Bruno got access to that book of sugar they had in the 80s. They, I don't know if he's hoarding right. him him and uh, to... no Anderson Pack wasn't doing it. That man got a family, but like, he he he. he Probably for that one album, he he probably like tasted it. Like, I, I don't know, Anderson <laughs> Pack. I think yeah, I think he owned that boogie sugar. He too. probably he probably like accidentally fell over and it hit his face. Like, oh damn, oh damn, shit! You hear that drum lines? Right, what pack is it? You're drumming. Oh, that shit live. Bro, it's cold as hell in here. Turn the heat down. It's on sixty four. <laughs> we're we're in we're in Alaska, pack. It, it's cold. Right. It's cold. We're in Southern California in the middle of July. Oh, it's cold. My personal favorite song on the album is called Natalie. Natalie, she ran away with all my money. And it's hilarious. Bruno's just saying, so big and bitch. He, he said, This bitch done fucked up, and I'm going to find her bitch ass. Like, I, I need y'all to realize. Bruno might be the least intimidating artist I've ever seen. And I'm counting women, too. Like, I might be more afraid of Taylor Swift than I am of Bruno Mars physically. Well, it's different because Taylor Swift's a white woman. They're the most dangerous individuals in America. So that's different. But, yes. And a rich white woman at that. A billionaire white woman. She will fly 30 minutes to lynch my ass. And get away with and them. then sue a person for tracking the plane. And then have Which a this then have her it's my fault. And then she's gonna make a song about you, a mediocre song about you with a guitar, just be up there singing. I got a theory about Taylor Swift while we're on her for just for a second. This, this is the last thing I'm gonna say about her. Um I, I came to the conclusion today at work that she actually is more toxic than future could ever dream of. She is the Brent Fires of white women. She is toxic as fuck. She she make all these breakup albums. She don't stay with none of these niggas. How you stay with a man for six years and then break up with him and make a breakup album acting like he the problem? No, ma'am. It's you. You. She so, is toxic. She is the Brent Fires of white pop singers. So you're not wrong, but I do have one, one slight critique on it. She's not worse than Future because at least she admitted it. It took 15 years to admit it. But she did say, me, hi, I'm the problem, is me. I'll give her credit for that. She she took responsibility. It, it took a decade and a half, but she did. Future took responsibility. He said, my collection. That's not that's not really responsibility. Yeah, no, that's not responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's, that's more like leaning into it. Desmond, what you got? What, what album are you talking about? So I feel like we're having a connection going right now because I kid you not. The album I'm talking about, well, you can't even see it, so there's no point in bringing up my phone. Is an Anderson Pack album. I'm not yeah. even kidding. 
So that's my joke. <laughs> right there. So the 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 album I'm talking about is Yes Lord, No Worries. It's with him and Knowledge on the whole album. It's perfect. I'm a very soulful, like funk. Like I listen to 70s funk and 70 RB still. So like it's like new age that. And I fuck with it. Yeah, Anderson Pack is Anderson Pack is one of my favorite artists. He I I uh Malibu was like when I first met him. And then oh, yeah. Oxnard drew me in for life. And you know, I even got the I even got the uh yeah, I don't know if y'all can see it, but I even got the the the, the grad cap. It had the Oxnard oh, yeah. Like, I have a funny story about Anderson Pack. So, a couple months ago, me and my homie went to the Dave Chappelle show here in Dallas. Went to the AAC. So, we sitting there, and like, you know, Dave hasn't came out yet. Um, It was like a few opening acts. Both of them were pretty good. So, we sitting there. Now, all of a sudden, the PA announcer was like, welcome, DJ. I can't remember what the DJ name was. Walk out. And I look at that nigga on stage, and I'm like, damn, that nigga look familiar. My homeboy, get up. That nigga, oh, shit, nigga, that's Anderson Pack. I was like, you lying. This nigga DJ for 30 minutes, just playing random shit in the middle of a comedy show. I, I swear to God, man. He just be he was he blown just away. He's just a cool ass nigga, bro. He's just a cool ass nigga. Then Dave Chappelle came out, bro, and he started playing the drums. The nigga, it was it was fire. It was fire. fire. Pack just seemed like a cool ass dude. Like, I I would like to go on record and say I just hate artistically talented talented niggas like him. He they they just be doing shit because they can, because they (laughs) talented. I'm like, bro, but when you, when you, in Anderson Pack's case, you gotta be that because you're not as big of a draw as somebody like Drake who can just sell a blank disc like he told us. You no. know, you actually gotta be talented. You actually gotta work on your craft. But it's the fact that it's he's not to say Drake isn't, but you know. But it's the fact that he's talented and he does shit because he can wake up and say, it's Tuesday. You know what? Let me hop on the ones and twos under an alien oh. because I can while playing the flute. For some shit. Oh, and then he could stop midway through it. Like, you know what? I'm bored. Bring me my drum set. And then just do 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 do. I I can I can put a ball in a hoop. Much less impressive. Much less impressive. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm hating. Yeah. I see no reason to. Exactly. Hate, hateration, the holleration, and this dancer here. You know we what are, other album I was looking at? I was we looking are, at it this week. What album? Well, it sounded like you were about to say, I don't know if you had one, and I don't want to stomp on you real quick. I'm going to let you say yours first. Oh, I absolutely have one by a man who's not as talented as, as Anderson Pack, but a legend nonetheless who deserves a lot more credit than he gets in his current day and age. I I had I learned this skill back in 2004. I was 8 years old. And I would like to express this cuz this is the closest thing I have to artistic talent cuz I'm gonna say this shit in one breath cuz I ain't never had nobody show me all the things that you done show me in a special way I feel when you homie we going to always be together baby that's what you told me and I believe cuz I ain't never had nobody do me like you. Bow wow, that was a fire ass album, fucking plastic. And you may not remember it because a lot of great shit came out in 2004. Confessions came out in 2004. Kanye's uh college dropout came out in 2004. There's more, but that's really all I got to say. One of those albums is Diamond, and one of them is Platinum a few times. Let me look this up. Let's see what albums came out in 2004. Well, he's Angonia by Outkast. Hey, y'all. Uh, uh, what's the other one? The classic one that everyone knows. Ain't nobody dope as Oh, me. Eminem's on Fresh and clean, encore. So, but for y'all, 
for y'all who are disrespecting who who is known as Shad Moss back now, but the back then, person. back then he was bow wowed us. And to let you know of the hits, the mega monster hits that were on Wanted. Oh my, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, let me hold you. Those of you who who couldn't see what I just did, let you ain't seen the "Let Me Hold You" video of Bow Wow and Omarion. Come on, y'all know the hug. Y'all know the y'all. If you wasn't there, you too young to be listening to this show. You yeah. wasn't there shooting in the gym. Wasn't there. Bow Wow created a word that wasn't even a word, but I like it. Yin right, yin right, yin bumping like I'm bumping. You ain't saying nothing, homie. You ain't fresh as I'm is. Has anyone ever seen how fresh as I'm is is spelled? Yes, A Z M I Z. Speaking of 2004, you know all the albums that came out that year are all turning 20 years old this year. That's how old we are. Way to make us feel old. Damn. I'm not old shit, but um, but fresh as I'm is another banger. But my my last album that I gotta tell y'all about, and I was listening to it in the gym. Not a single skip on this album, and this man doesn't get nearly enough credit for his contributions to hip hop in the 2010s. Ambition by Wale. I mean, not that's the name of the album, right? Yeah, Ambition by Wallet. That's Ambition. Yes, that's right. And I agree. That Wale is Ambition is classic. a lawless album. Like, there's not a single skip on that album. I thought somebody was joking. And no, I was really sitting down listening. I'm like, bro, I didn't skip one time. And going down and looking at it, yeah, Lotus Flower Bomb. I, my mom had to tell me that was perfume. I just thought it was just a clever bar. I thought he was just being poetic. Oh no, it was it was it was it was a flower, but it wasn't the one we're thinking of. But no, them first five songs, that first five songs on that album is crazy. I didn't skip any of them. <laughs> it just kept going. Sabotaged by Lloyd, underrated banger, slight work, solid work, slight work, illest bitch, crazy, DC oh, or nothing. Yeah. Goes DC or nothing had me, bro. Nobody puts on, nobody was putting on for DC like Wale, and niggas don't give him enough credit for it. Like DC yeah. niggas can't stand him because they like, oh, he ain't actually from here. And it's like, fuck it, he was putting the area on. Shut the fuck up. Close enough. We we need to. He's stop. the only one that could because all the rest of y'all niggas was either dead or locked up. We got to wow. stop debating <laughs> on whether dudes are really from that area. Like fam, if it's if they're within a thirty mile radius, it's close enough. Damn it. Right, the policies got stuck. Right, especially if you're from just a big ass area. Look, all the Dallas people. Do you know how big the Metroplex is? And that's mm-hmm. the thing, y'all are big. Y'all can afford to fight like that. DC, we can't afford that because people from outside the area already do not know all of the contributions we've put in sports culture. Like Kanye West said, he got his style from DC. Niggas would never know that because all the niggas in DC gatekeeping and fighting all the time. And yeah, because like our area is too small for y'all to be this divided like this. You you know you you mentioned all the con- contributions DC gives the world. If only there was a book I could read about the DC contributions to the athletic world. Oh wait, I know somebody that wrote a book. It was more so about Maryland, but I know somebody that wrote a book. Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Where would I, I, I find such a person? Hmm. I don't know. Oh, here he is. Bam. All right. PG vs. Moco. Devin Ashby. Amazon. Look it up. It's like four years old now, so some of this stuff is outdated. But that's not the point. That's not the point. Yeah. Point of it is listen to some older albums. Get some inspiration. Become a great artist. Make Jamal hate on you. Once Jamal starts hating on you, you've done your job right. Because I hate you artistic fuckers. I I really do. But on to more important things. We have more controversy because, you know, here on D1 University, controversy is as common as breathing. So the NBA 
has required players to play 65 games to win major awards like MVP and comeback player of the year and all things of that nature. A few all guys, NBA. A few guys have bitched and moaned about it. Austin Rivers. I don't give a fuck what Austin Rivers got to say at the moment. How do y'all feel about having a 65-game minimum on it? Uh, I wrote you, Desmond. What you got? The fact that it even came to this is ridiculous, first of all. Like Charles Barkley, uh, Charles Barkley said, these players don't got nobody to blame but themselves. And that's right. Niggas was just casually just chilling, just on the sidelines chilling, and they knew off this. I remember Ben Simmons, because he's the poster boy for this, him and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Ben Simmons was with the Nets, didn't play a game. This man was sitting on the sideline, and they caught a soundbite, and he somebody – called it leather and he said no that's lamb my guy and I'm like that is the most pitiful like no bro don't correct that just just you, I, you better off saying it was leather like like that was terrible just sitting on the sideline in the fly fits all the chains dangling the jewelry dancing and they weren't hurt they just they didn't feel like playing niggas wasn't competing in none of the all-star contests nothing niggas just in the NBA collecting checks for not doing nothing Boy, I wish I could do that at work. And that's why I don't feel bad for him at all. Niggas now upset just because people got hurt. But that's kind of the that's kind of you can't have it both ways. You know? Because fuck them. That's why they're millionaires. They get paid to dribble a ball. Go dribble the ball. And not to mention, it's funny when they put the rules in place, suddenly Kawhi Leonard has played damn near every game. And look at what the Clippers are doing this year. Now you got people believing in the Clippers. Offer to crash and burn. Desmond, where you at? I guess I'll take the contrarian point of view. I'm going to be real with you. I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb, number one, because if niggas actually get hurt, but they still come back and have an amazing season, but let's say they're a game short, you really not going to get that nigga the award? That's silly. Secondly, they're making a rule for really two or three players. Yeah, it's probably Kawhi. We know it's Ben Simmons. Paul George, I don't know, because that nigga really be hurt sometimes. Even like Joel Embiid, he be hurt. So it's like, I feel like this is really based off of the opinion of a couple owners who had to deal with that situation where a nigga sat. Okay. Sucks for you, nigga. I feel like when you sign a player, you're not just signing that nigga for his talent. You're signing that nigga for his intangibles. So if you sign a crybaby-ass nigga, that's your problem. That's not my fault. Don't punish the rest of the league for it. So that's that's really my opinion. I feel like it's it's a double-edged sword. Like, yeah, you can say, well, they got to play this minimum 65 games. Cool. But for niggas who, like, might miss it by a game or two, like Tyrese Halliburton, he can't he can't miss no more time, really. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of fucked up. But that's just my take. Um, my other thing is, though, is, like, most people already play a lot of games anyway. Like, the only people – like, niggas that are hurt, that's going to happen. Like, this is the league. You know, like – Guys are gonna get hurt, but that's part of the that's part of the thing. If you get hurt and you're not playing, how should you be available to be an MVP candidate? Like that one year that Joel and B got hurt, and everybody they just kind of gave it to Jokic by default. That's what happens, <laughs> you know. It's NBA. It's eighty two game season. Dude's gonna get hurt. It is a common thing in all sports. The best ability is availability. Like if you are an injury prone dude. I'm sorry, that goes against your mystique of being MVP. Now, I can say maybe 65 is a stretch. I'm okay with, like, bumping it down to 60. But, like, look, if you can't play 60 games, that means you still missed 22 games. Like, I can't give you an MVP if you missed half the damn season. Like, where do you where do you call Or, like, off? a quarter of it. Like, bam, 22 games is a lot to miss. And I understand it's basketball. You play every three, four days. You have back-to-backs every now and again. Ooh, you a pro athlete. You knew that when you were 16 and played five five uh, AAU games in, in a Saturday on a weekend. You and knew that's that. the reason that we got this problem now. Because they that get is the reason a shot by the time they get to the NBA. AAU is killing the product, at least in America. Yeah, dudes' knees are 30 by the time they're 21. I get that. Yeah. 
This ain't happening with the international players. You notice most of the dudes that sit out on purpose, it was American niggas. Like, Giannis don't be missing that many games. Jokic don't be missing games like that. Embiid is a special case because he always got knee problems. You know, Ben Simmons is Australian. So it's like, I mean, you know, Canadian niggas all playing. Look, the 65 game rule, that's 79% of the season. Bam, you tell me you can't play 79% of the season? I get it. Injuries happen. I have a scenario. So let's say someone misses the mark by a game or two, right? But all their stats better than the next person. You would still just take that next person simply because they played, let's say, 10 more games. Now, I will say that's insane to me. I will say we do need, you know, some wiggle room between between two, three games or such. Like, let, no. let's be real. The difference between 63 games and 65 games is basically nothing. Like, the average that's is the same thing. Like, you're going to really take but no, but the look, other look, person. That's I insane. Got counter, I, got the, I got the counter to that. We see that happen anyway. You know how many people are arguing that Steve Nash has, a, has an MVP that should be Kobe's? Him. That's me, me, because that's silly. Because they took the record, not the most valuable person. You know, but that's what I'm saying. You know, if you take Kobe off the Lakers, that would be trash. But that's the point I'm making. I'm saying we've seen this happen anyway, so that's going to happen regardless. That's a little different, though. That doesn't really. It wasn't about stats. It was about his team being better, not personal stats. But but that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like they're they're going to look at variables anyway when you're looking at MVP. Like, but that's that's, that's what the MVP that's... always been. The last time a team who wasn't probably top ten in the league had a guy win MVP was Russell. But at that point, averaging a triple double was literally mind blowing for the NBA because we had seen it once, and that was forty years ago when we last saw it. So that's that's an exception, not the rule. But yeah, we're they're not gonna let guys without being hell a top four seed win MVP. Like that's just not gonna happen. Because part of part of being valuable is your value helps your team win. I would tell you it's probably it's probably now more likely that that's gonna happen. Yeah, there were some rare exceptions. Remember like Westbrook missed a triple double that team was a main Mm -hmm. seed when he won MVP. And that's what I mean. That's more an exception, not the rule. Because that, right. that that was the first time we've seen that shit in forty years. Like, right. Harden was doing amazing shit, but it was very similar to the next shit that happened the next year. Right. Hell, and I will team, say also, what the the NBA just—I mean, they had to do something. I mean, like fans were complaining. You, you had coaches flat out saying this is not a good look. You know, the fans were the losers in the end because, like, you had dudes who you. People were spending their last dollar because LeBron was in town and this is the only time he was coming to town. And then 20 minutes before game time, he's not playing just because, hey, he's 34 and he needs the night off. And it's like, what the fuck? Or like the person that, oh, it's their birthday and they come to see Steph Curry, but him and Clay and Draymond are all off tonight. That's PTO. you know, and and I'm I'm just saying, you know, like it's just the NBA had to do something about it because it was starting to get ridiculous. It was getting ridiculous. See, I I get that one, and I would say game time decisions need to be made three hours before the game. And they find the Sixers for that this year. Remember Embiid in Denver? He stayed ducking in Denver. He don't never play in Denver. Hey, I he don't never play in Denver. No, but he plays him in Philly. They play in Philly all the time, but he don't never come to Denver. He can't that nigga ain't getting the MVP award, and that might be crazy. Because <laughs> he's having yeah, a crazy be, season. It might be, but that's I mean, finna give it to Jokic. If you miss, if you miss forty games, which is what he's getting ready to miss with this meniscus issue, I mean, you probably don't deserve to win. Anyway. Forty games, yeah, yeah, forty games too much. I'm not, I'm not advocating forty games. I'm just saying, like, if it's somewhere saying. in the sixty, it, and I'm, and I say like we can make. Come the, on, the difference between 63 and 65 is nothing. But there's 60 and 65, that's a difference. You know, 65 and 55. That's still 75% of the games, though. I will you say, ask, if they're asking for down, 80. If it does come down to that, 
I do think they're eventually going to toy with the rule a little bit. But Embiid, generally speaking, considering he's always leading yeah. MVP candidate, he never just misses a couple games. He always either going to miss the whole season or, or he going to miss, like, whatever. So if it does come down to, like, oh, somebody plays 64 games and they miss the threshold by a game, I do think the NBA will step in and be like, all right, we can – they're gonna make that other nigga mad then because that nigga gonna be like well no you said 65 that's the that's why i feel yeah. like it's always gonna be something with the rules it, it'll yeah, never it, be perfect. you can't please everybody yeah that's the yeah. thing you can't please never somebody. look there's human yeah. error we all know that we all say regular season the mvp will be a regular season award why we hand that bitch out right before the finals like we can't forget that the playoffs happened and then just say, well, this is your MVP. Like, well, they changed it. They changed it back to what it was back in the day, where you hand it out right before the second round of playoffs. Now, second round, we need to hand that bitch out before the playoffs start. Because it's that's true. Like, because you after the playoff performance, say the first, excuse me, first two rounds last last year, hell, you could say Jimmy Butler deserves some MVP votes for that. Right. Because it's it's hard to recency bias is a thing. It's hard to forget yep. what we just saw. Especially in I the feel like, I feel like now it'll probably be easier for niggas like Jimmy Butler to win. Cause think about it. Like let's just say LeBron missed time, AD missed time, Joel missed time, Jokic missed time. And you got a whole bunch of players that don't meet that minimum. Niggas like Jimmy Butler might get it. Because he gonna play, Jimmy Butler gonna play all games. Most well, of the, all the games. other thing. The records and stuff still count. Jimmy Butler is like twenty seven and twenty four. There's still gonna be like this year, for example, you oh, yeah. have Anthony Anthony Edwards and Shea Gilgis Alexander are top one and top two in the West. Like, I mean, that's not terrible if one of them were to somehow get it by default. Yeah. If Ant Edwards wins the MVP, I don't think anybody's gonna be upset at that. They they wouldn't. Well, I mean, besides Sixer fans, but like they're mad about everything. <laughs> Yeah, Sixers fans would be upset. Denver fans would be upset. I mean, Sixers fans should be more important. Should be more upset that you paid Ben Simmons after he showed you what he was. Yeah, they boom. They're the only ones that don't give tribute videos. That's the other thing I'm tired of. NBA giving out tribute videos like candy. Like, why is Kevin Durant getting a tribute video from the Nets? Why? Why? Yeah, that is crazy. Like that that's the other thing. Sixers are the last real niggas left. We boo niggas that leave. We we do you and your people. And and in case y'all forgot, this is an anti-Ben Simmons show. Um for this year in black history, I would just like to remind you how much I hate Ben Simmons. Throw (laughs) it's so simple. If Ben Simmons could just throw the ball at the backboard, I would shut up. I wouldn't say This is a Black History moment. Ben Simmons is the first African American to get to the NBA, not for his shooting, and just he's the only African American to go to the NBA and say, "I don't want to shoot no more." That he's the first. I've I've never seen it. And even if you don't want to shoot, nigga, you're seven foot. Play basketball. What else is that? Put his life? Even Giannis will throw the ball at the backboard. Like... I, I'll never forget a conversation I had with my grandpa way back when Amari Stoudemire had just retired and they announced that he was going to play in China. And I'm like, why do you want to play in China? You already had a successful NBA career. What else you got to do? My grandfather hit me with some solid knowledge that I just yelled. What else is seven foot nigga supposed to do? Yeah. You you gonna be seven foot and just go work at 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 and T in a cubicle? That's what you are gonna do? Gonna be the biggest nigga in the office for no reason? Hey, Roy Hibbert's seven feet tall and he disappeared off the planet. I haven't seen or heard of that nigga since he Roy left Hibbert. the NBA. Now that is an interesting thirty for thirty because that shit just happened. He just had one bad game and it ruined the rest of his career. Rise, fall, and downfall of Roy Hibbert. Of Roy Hibbert. Paul George, all star center to a seven footer that couldn't rebound. No, nah, I need the Greg Oden 30 for 30. That's what I need. Greg, Oden. Greg Oden was 45 at Ohio State, and no one can tell me different. Dog, 
They need to check that nigga ID. That, that, nigga, that nigga, that nigga aged in Jim Crow years. He was Jim Crow twenty two. Like as someone who went to college as a kid, I was like, everybody in college look old to me. So I don't know. I've been to college now. I've graduated from college. I've been out for a minute. I still don't look as old as Greg Oden did at Ohio State. What the fuck was going on? And this was before super seniors. This is not like everybody now was playing eight, nine, ten years of college. That nigga was doing it before it was popular. He was not a super mega ultra senior like COVID. He just did. looked like one in the face. They seniors, college players now, I got to start calling them by Digimon levels because they are an ultimate senior now. They are a mega senior. Right. Then they get Howard playing eight years of college. You got two PhDs already, which at least you get that because you could be like Stetson Bennett. He went to school six years and don't even got a bachelor's. Like what the hell he was doing for six years? Being Stetson Bennett, a disappointment. He was just majoring in opportunity. That shit is crazy. Like, what? not even a bachelor's, nigga? <laughs> a bachelor's? This man working on his third PhD. I can respect it if you go to school eight years and you got two PhDs. I can respect that. This nigga, Stetson Bennett, was at school for seven years and didn't even have a bachelor's. Were you even going to class? This is why SEC got the reputation they has now. You can read a defense, but you can't read a Dr. Seuss book. And until... August, I'm going to say fuck the SEC because I can keep doing that. Uh, we are moving on to back to the football world to round things up. And I do have another question that I've asked a few times, but I haven't asked y'all. So I want to know. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends ever. That's not a doubt that the if you don't, dis, if you disagree, that's called hating. And we do a lot of that on this show, but not on that one. But mm-hmm. is he the best tight end ever, or is he just in the best situation that a tight end has ever been in? I said this earlier when I gave y'all the rundown, so I'm going to explain it. Every other all-time great tight end, for the most part, didn't get a stable organization, and a lot of them didn't have a stable quarterback. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, for the biggest part of his prime, the best quarterback I can say he had might have been Trent Green with the Chiefs. Like right. fact, for his prime, for his prime, because he got obviously he got Matt Ryan at the end. He got but Matt Ryan prime. about the last five to six years, which was cool, but that wasn't his athletic prime. Exactly. I couldn't even tell you who his quarterback was before Trent Green. Yeah, I don't even remember. It doesn't even matter. He I couldn't say Kansas City Tony Gonzalez was the most unstoppable force. That I've uh, ever seen, and not a near nigga knew who his quarterback was. Antonio Gates ha- did have two good quarterbacks in Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers, but again, Chargers gonna Charger had a great had a great quarterback, but not a great organization to really get him get the best out of his talents. You know, Phillip Rivers was juggling other responsibilities, obviously, as we know. Yes, and condoms was not one of the things he was juggling. Um, he was juggling. His wife was juggling too. Kellen Winslow going back to yep. the Chargers again. Not a good organization. Um, there's just... Kellen Winslow wasn't a good person. Oh no, senior, not junior. Never mind. Sorry. So just Kelsey is in. He has a Hall of Fame quarterback. He has a top five quarterback of all time. Basically entering his prime. He got Andy Reid, one of the greatest pet play callers of all time. He's in a great system with the Chiefs. And I say this all the time. A tight end can't be your number one option unless he's Hall of Fame level. He's been a number one option basically his whole career. So without my explanation aside, yes, no, maybe so. Greatest tight end, greatest situation. I will say he didn't have the greatest situation because Gronk had Tom Brady. But Gronk's issues uh, were Gronk's issues, though. He just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, because niggas was chopping his knees down. That wasn't, it wasn't like he was tearing ACLs and stuff by himself. Like, you know how some niggas just brittle? He wasn't brittle. He just get fucked up <laughs> over and over and over and over. And, well, the Patriots refused to ever get Tom Brady a receiver worth a damn. So it was at a certain point, it was Gronk or nobody. It was Gronk, and he had Aaron Hernandez running end around in and out of uh, off the field. But and Aaron Hernandez was killing it on and off the field. Right, he was killing everybody. I mean, everybody. Defenders, the defense attorneys, 
<laughs> just killing everybody. But no, Travis Kelsey, greatest tight end, talented. It definitely had the greatest situation because considering, like, you remember his whole situation coming out of college and his football playing career was in jeopardy because he got in trouble because back then people cared more about smoking weed than they do now. And, and he ended up with their Andy Reid because he's one of the great rehabilitation coaches of our time, I feel like, because, I mean, considering what he did for Mike Vick and you know, just a lot of people, you know, Andy Reid is a man of second chance. So great system, great everything. It's always been between him and Grunt for me, um, at least in this generation. Um, and then Tony Gonzalez, but definitely the greatest situation. But like he's such a good route runner. Like it's insane how a man is this wide open, even when you know who the ball is going to. There's not a receiver on that team that I scared that I'm fear, fearful of. Not even that the kid Rice is good, but he ain't there yet. There's not a receiver on that team that I'm scared of, except Travis Kelsey, and he is wide the fuck open every time. Not even half, not half open, not like he'll catch and make a good catch. No, they could just be sitting in the middle and feel like, hey, Travis or Patrick. Boss. Desmond, how you feel? So all the great tight ends, I think of Gates, you know, uh, Tony Gonzalez, even Jimmy Graham for a couple of years was up there. Uh, yep. Gronkowski. All of them have had favorable favorable situations. Nobody's just been like with complete bums. Because at the end of the day, somebody got to throw you the ball. Tony Gonzalez didn't have no bum. Trent Green wasn't bad. Trent Green was oh, yeah. above average. Yeah, no but also <laughs> but he was on bad teams, though. That was the thing. You Trent Green and Tony Gonzalez just had this fortune of they were part of those bad chief teams. Like they're chief, there are some Chiefs fans now that don't know how bad it used to be. Like, yeah. Trent Green wasn't bad, but also in the AFC at that time, he might have been the eighth best quarterback. Like he saw Brady and Manning that era mm. at the beginning. Roethlisberger came up, and then Breeze and Rivers came up towards those early years. So what was... What and it's in the New really York. Do? It's like a... Yeah. But I guess if you gotta make me choose, I'm gonna say Gronk is the greatest tight end ever. Not just because of his receiving, but he could block. His blocking was great. Black and the modern tight end is a pseudo receiver. Yeah. Onk was a pseudo left tackle. Basically. Yeah. Like, of all the tight ends we've named so far, of premier pass rushers, I don't want none of them touching them for blocking. Gronk? Oh, is that Khalil Mack in front of you? All right, Gronk, you can take care of that for a little bit. And he, and he might talk shit, too. <laughs> is that uh, is that JJ Watt in front of you? All right, Gronk, you got that for a player too. Like yeah, no, 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 no. Gronk, Gronk, there's no one Gronk can't handle for short periods of time. No, Travis, no, 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 see, no. I don't no. even want him touching Khalil Mack. Antonio Gates, I don't even want you thinking about touching Khalil Mack. You're not gonna do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm not. Well, we really not giving somebody they respect, and they quietly be killing. Mark Andrews. And George Kittle. George Kittle's Bro. probably the best blocking tight end right now. Oh, like, he's he's by far the best blocking tight end right now. And Mark he's also a yards yes. after that demon. But would you say Mark Andrews is Hall of Fame or just Hall of Really Good? He's neither. You're only he's saying he's really Hall of Fame because he got Super Bowls. His, his situation is better. I'm I feel like when they had Tyreek Hill, I mean, what I mean, what did Kelsey really have to do? Stay in the middle thing. of the field, put your hands out, boy. Like that's all you do. It. It's the same thing you're doing yeah. now. He's still open. It the wasn't like it was back then, though. It's a little different. It's a little year, different because this the year he's going down finally. But the, the game has changed. They're not allowed to willingly give each other CTE no more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But look, Mark Andrews is good. 
But we will say his situation is he's in a run-first offense. It's not favorable. So that, I would argue that this year Travis Kelsey has been also in a run-first offense in Kansas City this year. Well, at this point, how old is Travis Kelsey? 30, 34. 34. Yeah, this is the this, these are the golden years. Realistic. I was about to say it took till thirty four. He finally had like his worst season at age thirty four, and he still got into the playoffs and caught four touchdowns. So it is. That's what I'm saying. Uh, tight ends historically just don't get put in great situations when they are the guy. Yeah, that's the thing. And I also think it's the era as well because he came in to a golden age of tight ends. Like, granted, we named all the ones we named, but at the time it still kind of was still brand new. Like, they ushered it in, but we fully realized it with Travis Kelsey and some of the guys like Jimmy Graham, Gronk. Like, they were in the golden age. I think Gonzalez, Gates, and Winslow Sr. were – the early ones who like it was still unusual to see it, and Jason Witten as well. Like, yeah, we ain't <laughs> mentioned Jason Witten. We ain't, we ain't mentioned my boy. He couldn't run for shit, but couldn't run for shit. shit. Could not run for shit. <laughs> but, but he, he was, was open. gonna get open. He was gonna get to open. He was open. Not he was a gonna stick. get to them goddamn sticks. Not a yard past him, but he's getting <laughs> to the stick. If but he had the hands though. Exactly ten. And you know what? Witten is probably the second best balance of run pass blocking. I agree. Witten could block his ass off too. He was just he a tough one. When he ran with his helmet off, I let you know my helmet come off, I'm falling. Don't touch me. Yeah, technically in college you're supposed to stop running. In the NFL you can just keep hitting niggas. Which is funny because even in the CE CTE era, you're still allowed to run without a helmet. This shit is crazy. I still because, remember Brian Cushing taking his helmet off and headbutting another man. That's when we should have known he was on some shit. We, Brian Cushing has never been a normal human being. Never. That HGH bass salts. He was a beast, though. <laughs> he was a beast. He wasn't, he wasn't from Florida, but damn it, he acted like it. Right. That. You know what? That's the bar I want to end this show on. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the one and only D1 Idiot University podcast. Uh, Devin, you got any final thoughts to the people? I will say that it's Black History Month, but we're Black every month of the year, and we're making history. And we need, I propose moving Black History Month to June. It's better. You know, it's warm outside. It's the proper climate for niggas. You can grill. You know, it's a longer month. You know, Juneteenth is during that month. I propose moving Black History Month to June. It just makes more sense. He has been on this train for a few years now. This is nothing new. I'm going to get it up to Congress one day if we even have one left. If they do, they don't do a whole lot. There's right. thoughts to the people. Final thoughts to the people. Uh, man, drink Coca-Cola. We came out with a new flavor today. Spiced. Coca-Cola spice. So, man, go go in the store and try that. I might have to do that. I'm not a huge Coke drinker, but I'm going to try it. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, like I love to say at the end of every show, keep learning, keep living, keep loving. Coke, can we bring back the dream flavor, please? That's what I want. I said it. I made it known. Happy Black History Month. If you got a black friend, Hug them, buy them a McDouble. They deserve it. And we out. Peace.